It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. This Lockdown Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less, take out, cook more at home. But I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian, and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals, plus free shipping on your first box, and Free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. You are locked on the NBA, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Welcome to your favorite day of the week. This is Locked On NBA. I'm Anthony Irwin. I'm joined by Adam Morris. Adam, you have to be doing better than Kevin Hart, right? Like, <laughs> everybody <laughs> in the world is doing better than Kevin Hart. How you doing? Kevin Hart is rich and sits courtside at NBA games, so he's probably doing better than me. Yeah, I guess that's true. That's true. <laughs> Did I bring that down? Did <laughs> you do this? <laughs> no, it's fine. It's fine. Let's uh the way tonight's show is gonna go. We're gonna talk about the Cavs and the Raptors. We're gonna talk about the Celtics and the Sixers. And we're gonna, we're talk, gonna talk about, about LeBron and the Raptors, really. Yeah, the, the LeBron Aliers beating LeBronto. And uh and then we're gonna wrap up the show with a theory that is floating around out there and, and myself the people who listen to me from Cel- from Lakers fandom is gonna love where that goes. LeBron to Boston. <laughs> It hurts to say. It hurts so bad. As always, make sure you guys are following the show on Megaphone slash Panoply, iTunes, TuneIn, Stitcher, Today's Fast Break, Spotify, Alexa, Lakers Outsiders, where I write, uh, Denver Sips, where Harris, where, nope, not where Harrison writes, where Adam writes. Let's get to this. Cavs Raptors, like it's it's just LeBron, right? And and this is one of the things that I said to you when we right when we went live was we can find all these new ways of analyzing the game. We can get into incredible in-depth analysis and analytics and, and and all these things but really one team has LeBron and one team is the Toronto Raptors at some point that's no longer going to be true and and I think the, <laughs> the thing is is every, nobody really knows where that is you look at the other guys from that draft class and and and, and prior the guys you know that have been in the league as long as him and they've all lost their steps LeBron right now just playing at this insane level having a night to, like tonight where I mean, I I personally don't think this is in his top five playoff games, as crazy as that is, but it's one of those memorable ones, and there were so many of those big, just huge moments. So I think my big takeaway from this game, though, this specific game was 
that first round series, the Cavs won surprisingly enough off of defense and, and their offense and LeBron, of course, and mm-hmm. LeBron's brilliance. Helps. This was uh, the LeBron, the, the Cavs offense that we thought could carry them to just give knockout blows and a 129 offensive rating, according to cleaning the glass in half court possessions. Not That's insane. Not counting, not counting fast breaks where you have a, you know, your offense can thrive in that half court. Uh, just, just a truly remarkable performance. It's. All right, you're gonna. People are gonna get angry at me for this, and and Adam, you already are. You, I'm, I'm you're always angry at you, <laughs> like the Hulk. <laughs> oh, you don't even get that because you don't even like the 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 Avengers and all that <laughs> stuff. But all season we heard about how this is not the typical Toronto Raptors. This is not the the playoffs are gonna go so differently because they have this deep bench and Dwayne Casey isn't a moron and all these things. And and what it comes down to is. You still have a team built around Kyle Lowry and DeMar DeRozan. And, yes, they hit threes during the season. How did uh, those threes go for DeMar DeRozan tonight? Can I, can I ask you? They were 0 for 5. He, oh. had a, he, had a, he had a rough night tonight. Okay. Despite going 11 for 23 from the field, he had, he had a, a rough night. Uh, so, so you have a team built around those guys. Uh, Serge Ibaka was nowhere to be found. Uh, and and, and what, it, what it comes down to me is, and the way I put it, it is, is this – you have the same core pieces. You added some peripheral pieces. And what it comes down to is until those core pieces improve, like both Kyle Lowry and DeMar DeRozan are good secondary guys, I would say. But there is no there is no primary guy on this team. And you can see the difference between having a primary guy and like LeBron is like the ultimate primary guy. But but I, I just never believed in the additions of OG Ananobi. Pascal Siakam, Fred Van Vliet. Like I, I just, I never bought into this, and and this is kind of we're seeing why. To be fair, the shots that LeBron made was it seven or eight fadeaways in the second half? Do you do you know off the top of your head? I can't remember if it was seven or eight, but those shots, there's not a human on the planet that can contest those because that's that's an unblockable shot that he just happened to not hit the rim on on any of them, and just was just was in his zone. So this was, I think, Dwayne Casey kind of said it best. They dropping game one was their sin, right? That was where they really hurt themselves because that was a game they could have won. LeBron's going to give you, at this stage of his career, I would guess one or two games where you just have no chance in a series, one or two games where you just have no chance. It just so happens that they stole game one, and now he gives you this one, and you're down 0-2 as you head back to Cleveland. They're in a tight spot. But didn't they didn't they drop game one in the way that you would expect the Raptors to drop? Like, how is this not? I, I'm just like it's it it is an oversimplification i'll i'll grant it but right. i can't find other analysis that out there that 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 may, moves me off of my point that you this is just not, this is not a team built to to beat lebron is, or, or even even if it wasn't lebron like i don't think i would take them against boston <laughs> right 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 I, I look i i hear you i don't think anybody i think people more felt that this cavs team was maybe more tired mentally and physically and more worn down and therefore more vulnerable which might have been true i mean let's look at mm-hmm. before we get too carried away is toronto much worse than indiana who just took the the Cavs to seven games i think you could say those teams are at least compared if you even if you're a toronto skeptic you could say those two teams are very very comparable mm-hmm. it just so happens that that first game broke one way and then lebron put on one of those performances that he was like yeah. nobody's gonna beat me tonight and so they find themselves in this deep hole and i think the narrative will always be yeah okay classic toronto and maybe it's an accurate narrative in this case um, but this game to me was not about toronto just not being good enough this was a game about there was some 
there were some weird adjustments. I thought Dwayne Casey didn't have his best night as a coach with some of the lineups he threw out there and stuck with for far too long. But this was still one of those games where LeBron just said, you know what? It's winning time, and I'm going to score 44 points or whatever it was. Knock down eight eight fallaway jumpers in a row. I did thoroughly enjoy those those fadeaways getting progressively higher every time he got. It was just like it was like that that game everybody hears about where Larry Bird plays with his left hand and told everybody he's going to play with his left hand. LeBron, that's what this was like. Yeah, like it was it was LeBron. He was telling him, "Watch how high I shoot this one, guys." I do this when I play against like my like like little kids, you know. I, it, it, you know yeah, yeah, exactly. I just like okay, I'm gonna try to do like some crazy stuff here, and that's what LeBron looked like. And he was, I mean, he was, he was almost. It, he wasn't being disrespectful, like trying to embarrass them, but he was making it known that look, you guys are nothing to me. Do you think this goes back to Toronto? No. Winning four in a row is a tough thing to do. No, I don't think so. No, you I, think it closed it out in I four? Think, I think LeBron has kind of figured it out. Like I think they they snuck that one, and and yes, he played tremendous. But I think they close it out it, for for for. I think LeBron understands how important it is that the Cavs get rest before their next series because their yeah, next series is going to be is going to be pretty. Tough. Right. All right, we're going to take a quick second here. When we come back, we're going to talk about. The Boston Celtics somehow, like Brad Stevens is a wizard, and we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna try to figure out what he's doing to to dismantle this this really promising 76ers team. Hey guys, it's Walker Mail, host of the Locked On Hornets podcast, and being around sports media and a fan of the Hornets for a lifetime has taught me that sometimes it's exploring the sliding doors moments and what if scenarios in sports that can be the best part of the fan experience. What if the Seahawks let Marshawn run on the one yard line with the Super Bowl on the line? Or could a coin flip actually have landed Magic in Chicago, Michael in LA, and made Charles Barkley the first black president? Enter Wondery's newest sports show, Alternate Routes, a weekly leap into the sports multiverse with former Sports Center anchors Trey Wingo and Kevin Frazier. Each week on the podcast, Trey and Kevin will pry open the sliding doors of a different what if moment from the world of sports. In these alternate sports realities, dynasties will fall, legacies will change forever, new goats will emerge. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcast. You can listen to Alternate Routes early and ad free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Hey, have you seen Ben Simmons? <laughs> Not recently. <laughs> I haven't seen him for a couple a couple games. Would you Would you like to know my uh, my new nickname for him? I am sure it's incredibly disrespectful and very corny. I have two of them ready. Rajon, okay. Rajon Ron down under. Okay, that's that was I was right about that one. <laughs> and Ben Simmons. <laughs> Okay, that one was really bad too. I just I don't know why I said yes to this. <laughs> it was shock, it shocked me, honestly, after the first one that you didn't say like, all right, I need, I don't need to hear the second one. But but really though, I you're the you're the smarter one between the two of us. How is how is Ben Simmons being taken out of the games the way that he has been in these first two? To be fair, he only missed four shots tonight. Okay. To, 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 to go over four. No, but you know, what was interesting about that first series and really about the whole season, it's it's more understandable in the regular season because teams just don't over game plan when you have 82 games to prepare for and travel in between. You you make you obviously make adjustments and things like that, but in the first round you wondered how he was able to be so effective and get to the rim so well despite everybody knowing he's not going to shoot. Well, I think now you know, Boston has guys that can. They have a, a, there's a reason they're one of the best defenses in all of the NBA. Mm -hmm. They've got guys that can sort of contain him and play smart. And you kind of see what happens when you have a smart coach and a smart 
uh, and talented group of players that can force you to do the things you don't want to do. And unfortunately for Simmons, they're taking away those shots at the rim. And now he, he doesn't at this point in his career, doesn't have a whole lot to fall back on in terms of his individual scoring. This is kind of the thing that I was a little concerned about with, with Simmons. And actually on my show on locked on Lakers, we, we broke down Lonzo ball today. And one of the things that we were a little concerned about was that when Lonzo misses shots, he kind of just, he just kind of collapses on himself. He gets in his own head yeah. and you can see it. And, and like Simmons only taking, what was it? Four shots. And, just four. and, and just, and, and at no point did he look interested at all in taking a shot, even, even 10, 15 feet away. And, and that's, that was my concern coming into the league. And now the, the Celtics have, have, have utilized that to take him completely out of the series. It, it really, I mean, I, the Rajon round down under round run down under is a terrible joke, but they played him a lot like Kobe played Rondo in those final series. It was it was something to to behold here. Other other things that you noticed from this. Well, I, I want to make a point about Ben Simmons though, and and this is an important one. Mm-hmm. Joel Embiid and Simmons both, because I think Embiid is also being forced to do things he is uncomfortable with. He's being brought out because Al Horford is such a terrific player out, up up top above the key. These guys aren't polished, and I know they look polished sometimes when you're playing regular season, and again, teams aren't exploiting your weaknesses as well as they can in the postseason, but these aren't. this isn't the player, I don't think, that Ben Simmons is going to be in four, five, six years. I, I mean, there's a chance he never develops any type of scoring outside of the restricted area, but I think he will add at least a little bit uh, of that to his game. He just right now he doesn't have it, and Brad Stevens and the Celtics are doing a great job of exploiting it. I'll tell you, it was a shame that the Philadelphia 76ers dropped arguably the greatest game of TJ McConnell's career, a plus 16 in this game, uh, eight points and, and single handedly sort of rallied the 76ers in the second half. But it's all for naught. It was wild watching him do that with with Ben. You know, they made the run with Simmons on the bench, you know, <laughs> it was a, it was a big enough run. That I thought, like, oh man, if Philly ends up stealing this game because they were up big, they blew it. So then it was, Boston had all momentum. TJ McConnell single-handedly stole it back. That I thought, oh man, if you let TJ McConnell steal a game, <laughs> you probably lose the series. <laughs> Max TJ McConnell is what we're saying right now. Uh, <laughs> do you think this has the feeling to me? Because I could see this. I could totally see this going to Philly, and those guys kind of figuring some out some stuff out and it just becomes a home and home kind of series where nobody ever really loses a home game. Do you, it, it, it's possible. Am I, am I, yeah. What, like, what do you think needs to change for Philly for, for that kind of thing to take place? Cause beyond Simmons, you know, getting out of his head and, and Embiid getting back to doing some of the stuff that he does really well, like I, tactically, what are you kind of looking for from, from Philly to turn things around here? And do you think they can? Well, well, I think they can. It, it's important to remember this was a five-point game. And, and you talk about the awful night that Ben Simmons had. And Bede was off of his game. Dario Saric was off. And credit Boston. I think they're going to make it difficult. Every game of that this series goes is going to be difficult for Philadelphia. But if you talk about a margin of five points, I, I, I think Philadelphia is good enough that once they get home, they can kind of steady the ship. I, I think this will be a great series uh, going forward. Another point, though, in my note, not, not necessarily for Philly, is I think, again, it's funny to think about 2011 with LeBron being seven years ago and him coming into the league in 2003, 15 years ago. How much time passes? Jason Tatum is a rookie. And sometimes I want I'm not the high. I'm not the biggest Jason Tatum fan. 
But gosh, is that guy polished for a oh, guy crap. his age? He just looks like a 12-year veteran at the style he plays, the shot selection. He he offensively, he touched the ball so much tonight. He only shot 14 times with 7 of 14. This guy, I just wonder what he looks like in two, three, four, five years based on how the, the foundation he is going to be building off of. And, and most importantly, he's going to be building on that foundation in Boston with that organization, with that coach. Like if he was a Nick, Absolutely. if he was a Nick, he'd be what? Michael Beasley, but right-handed. <laughs> right? like, I'd be I'd be a little who, nervous for who, him moving who, forward. Who would you take over the next six years? You had to place all your money on on team success over the next six years. Would you go Boston or Philadelphia? Oh, that's a good question. I think I go Boston. I do too, and it's crazy because I think that Philadelphia has the two best players yeah. <laughs> overall. Um, mm-hmm. But I just think Brad Stevens is as valuable an asset as you can have, and I think Brett Brown and 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 the all of the resources Philadelphia has there, the incredible analytics department, all that stuff. But I think I would go Boston just because I trust Danny Ainge, their war chest of assets, and and also their coach. One organization has a Colangelo, and I'm always dubious. <laughs> I'm always dubious. Yeah, he's Colangelo. good. He's good. <laughs> all right, so uh, we we're going to use this as a tease to the to this next segment. The Celtics are doing crazy things without Gordon Hayward, without Kyrie Irving. And and Terry Rozier has come out of nowhere to kind of like Danny Ainge is doing the victory lap around. of all. Well, no, what I mean though is that like because Danny Ainge, like he was the untouchable asset that everybody kind of laughed at Ainge <laughs> for, right? And yeah. and now you're kind of see, you're kind of seeing it come full circle here. So my my question to you is, if you're Boston, do you see what you can get in terms of uh, to to open up some some financial flexibility here from? Kyrie Irving and Gordon Hayward and, and see what these guys can present. And and there's an end game here. LeBron is going to be a free agent and he's going to look around and he's going to say, holy crap, look at all these organizations that that do look pretty exciting. And and wow, look what they're doing in Boston. We're going to we're going to build on those points here in a second. This is Jake from Locked On. Locked On has teamed up with State Farm to spotlight some of the greatest supporting players in NBA history. After beating the Heat led by LeBron James and Dwayne Wade in 2011, Dirk Nowitzki won an NBA title and proved himself to be one of the greatest basketball players of all time. But there was one player in the starting lineup for the last three games of the finals that helped support Dirk all the way to a championship, J.J. Barea. Led by J.J. and Jason Terry, the Mavs' second unit proved to be the strength throughout the playoffs, where they led the NBA in bench scoring, but for games 4, 5, and 6 in the NBA Finals, Mavs coach Rick Carlisle inserted Berea into the starting five to help the Mavs space the floor and put more playmaking around Dirk. J.J. Berea had a knack for running the pick-and-roll with Dirk that helped the Mavs score more efficiently on their run to a title. Dirk Nowitzki couldn't score the way he did if he didn't have much-needed support from someone like J.J. Berea. Sometimes, you and I need that kind of support, too. Think of State Farm like a pivotal team player. When you need help protecting the things that matter most, remember the jingle and just say, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. All right, so we, we, need, to, we need to answer that question first. Have you seen enough from from the Boston Celtics as their this current iteration of the Boston Celtics that you would consider moving off of Kyrie and consider moving off of Gordon Hayward? 
I think I think it's tough because I really do believe that the, the the players that they have that are making this run are good. I don't. Uh, some people I think overstate Brad Stevens's ability to kind of mold a team in, into into what they are. They would be better, I think, with a full season of both of those guys healthy. So I wouldn't be putting them on the market just for anybody to see. You know, oh well, we need a this position, so we'll trade those guys for that. I don't mm-hmm. think like that. But when you talk about LeBron James <laughs> and and the type of bad level of basketball play he's playing at right now. He's maybe your window isn't as as open for as long, but man, would they be a favorite if somehow they could take the team they had on the floor tonight and add a LeBron James to it? Add a LeBron James and add a Kawhi Leonard, maybe, right? <laughs> well, if you add both of those guys, I mean, of course, I would look. Brad Stevens is like a chef that can like you know you give him a couple like a, a couple walnuts and a couple <laughs> kernels of rice and he he makes this incredible dish you're like oh wow how'd that happen <laughs> imagine what happens if you hand him the two best ingredients in the NBA or two of the best ingredients <laughs> uh, he's gonna cook up a seven course meal that you can't even imagine is it a viable is it a viable choice for LeBron going to Boston so like here's here's the thing and and this is That's where a good question. I, I don't want to I don't want to get too deep into to cultural stuff like that but LeBron is very vocal about his standing in society and all those things and Boston does have kind of an iffy background to them right and and I don't know if, if LeBron would take that into account. You're, you're, you're painting in broad strokes there I mean because you're alluding to racism in the city of Boston well, I assume. Well no I mean I, look before Garnett there was there there was a a, a, a huge faction of, of the league that was was not comfortable going to Boston and and fortunately, right. like they 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 have turned things around since then, right? In, in terms of reputation around the actual league, Car- Kevin Garnett uh, didn't seem to complain um, too much and all in all that stuff. And you kind of you know, my my big question is that would it factor in? Is it a big enough factor to to overcome the stuff that Boston does have to offer? And we just talked about look, Philly is is as well set up as any team throughout the entire NBA, and we just said. We might take Boston over them, <laughs> and and yeah. so if you're well, if Boston's you're LeBron, the team challenging them, yeah. If, um, if if you're LeBron, do you do you legitimately consider Boston a viable option? It's such a better fit. You know, when people talk about Philadelphia, are you going to have Ben Simmons who took four shots tonight, spotting up around the perimeter? I mean, where does he play on the court? Like, I just there's questions there with Boston. You know, I think it, just the players they have on the roster, even after a theoretical sign and trade or whatever it would take to to make that possible, they have enough pieces that I think it would actually fit his skill set very well. On top of that, having a coach, and here's where I actually root for it. I'm not a Celtics fan by any means. I like to see greatness, and LeBron has had some good coaches over his career. I think Ty Lu- Tyron Lue is doing a good job in, in this mm-hmm. series in particular um, and has done well in finals and, and through the playoff runs that he's been a part of. But Brad Stevens has a different level, and I would just love yeah. to see what he put together with LeBron. I mean, again, it's one of those things where you'd like to see, you know, greatness being used to the best of its abilities, and I believe that would happen in a city like Boston. My question is, would it be lame? And here's what I mean by that: I think we're past the point where we understand that we, as in fans, understand that players have the right to free agency, and I think that's a great thing. We're over the whole like, oh, he quit on the team, whatever. But there are certain places you go that are less lame than other places you go. And mm-hmm. I thought Kevin Durant going to the team that beat him and going to a team that won 73 wins was kind of lame. Mm-hmm. Would LeBron, if he were to go to Boston, would that be lame? Knowing that they have that history and a rivalry and all these different things and Kyrie's there, would it be lame? I think it'd be really fun. 
I think, <laughs> it would, it I would think, be so much fun that the lameness wouldn't matter. Yeah, like like I I think because with uh, with all of that to take into account, like this is all I want from LeBron. This is this is me being completely and utterly honest and and factoring out my my Lakers fandom here. Yeah, I want LeBron to go to a truly special situation because we haven't seen him in one in really ever right like like he had the the three dolls he had the 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 miami heatles and and stuff like that that was special that was that was that was special but like it lasted so short (laughs) it was you know and so i want to see boston would be the most special i mean if if you're talking just about pure maximizing him on top of also having these pieces that fit i do think it might be the best yeah and and really like that's what that's what the nba kind of needs because of how good the warriors are and and yeah. that's always kind of that's always kind of been my 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 comeback when people say that the Warriors ruin the league is that I, I I say that historically speaking that the NBA tends to figure things out and then a challenger eventually shows up and and that challenger they, they, would be them. They ruined some of the parody of the league, but another offshoot of what the Warriors have done, in my opinion, is they've elevated the style of play. I, I think mm-hmm. the the they've kind of in, in some ways reinvented the game, and a lot of teams have taken note and are, are are copying that style, and it's made the the game a better game. We could have I could have a conversation that rolls forever off of off of that <laughs> uh, off of the point that you just made because it's it's really interesting in, in talking about how we don't have the clash of styles that I would like to see anymore, but. That's going to be for another day. Oh, That'll that's crazy. In... That's crazy talk. We'll argue that over the summer. We'll, we'll argue that over the summer. We need to send everybody off and send everybody into the weekend with the funniest thing that we saw tonight or last night throughout the NBA. Do you want to start? Or you... I can start if you want. Mine's obvious, man. It's the same one everyone can think of. Post game. And look, I have I give athletes a lot of slack for the things they say immediately after a loss because – I interview these guys in the locker rooms all the time. They, their, their minds are elsewhere, and and questions are dumb. But Demar Derozan gave an especially dumb answer tonight <laughs> when he was asked about adversity, and he said, "You know, this is what we do. So this is what we do. We had we handle adversity. That's who we are, or whatever." Yeah, totally. <laughs> it's like, man, you guys, your reputation is literally the opposite of that. And when the going gets tough, and it's not a small sample size; it's a fairly fairly large one. So I, I, he leaned. Unfortunately, he leaned into that. And I'm sure it was one of those things he said, and then was like, "Oh, that's like, I'm gonna hear something about that." That's like Thanos after Infinity War saying, "Like, you know what? I care about humanity." Um, don't, don't understand the, you don't, the reference you don't, at all. You, you're killing me, Smalls. All right, never. Right. I've never seen a Marvel movie or a Fast and Furious movie. Proud of that. That's. I, I don't know if I'd be proud of that personally. That's just me. Let's uh, all right. So my favorite, my favorite moment of the night was at one point Kevin Hart got up and made a, made it as obvious as you can make it to everybody. He was laughing at the Boston Celtics. His Sixers were well ahead. Uh, he, you know, he was enjoying the moment. He sits down, and the Celtics immediately go on a twenty to five run, <laughs> which, which like. Kevin Hart's hit comedy is very is very self deprecating, right? Couldn't you see that? And like, this is a scene. I don't from know. A I've Kevin never Hart... seen a Kevin Hart oh, movie. Oh my! You're killing me, Adam. <laughs> 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 David paired me with an animal. <laughs> but... I've seen him at All Star Weekend, and it really it's not it's not my bag. <laughs> Basically, Kevin Hart, like there's a scene in every single His Kevin intro Hart. to the All-Star game was a little long for my taste. It was. It was. It was bad. Uh, but but it was it was all of Kevin Hart's movies and all of his movies. It's like, all right, how embarrassing could this possibly be for me? And that's it. 
Like the, 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 that's about as embarrassing as it can get for you as a fan in that moment. Um, Is it kind of like when Jamal Murray talked trash to the Lakers and then lost the following <laughs> game? Was it kind of like that? No, it was. It was. Uh, it was almost like when Josh. Uh, when no, when John Wall said that the that he was going to give Lonzo Ball the business and and immediately. Oh lost. yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, also, also funny was Jamal Crawford saying that LeBron, oh. LeBron turning into <laughs> some, oh, some kind of form of Jesus on the court means that the mid-range game is back. <laughs> Look, man. <laughs> y- yeah. <laughs> Jamal. Jamal. Best of luck in free agency, Jamal. Don't, don't, don't start analyzing games, though, if that's what it's going to be. All right, that'll do it for this episode of the Locked on NBA show. The Friday version, we'll be back at it again next Friday. We'll have a little bit more clarity on these on these series. We'll probably be getting towards some legitimately really interesting situations, uh, and that'll be really fun to, to talk about. As always, you can follow the show everywhere that you can find podcasts. You can follow Adam on Twitter at Adam underscore Morris. You can follow me on Twitter at Anthony Irwin LA. You can listen to me talk about the, the Lakers uh, at Locked On Lakers, and you can follow Adam's show at Locked On Nuggets. Have a great weekend, everybody, and we'll talk to you next week. Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.